Hello everyone, it is your host, Aaron Canos, with my boy, Christian Tertius. How you doing, big bro? Good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Just enjoying our day. We are back with episode three. We're going to go over some of the big games that happened during this week. There was a lot that happened, so let's cut to the chase. Let's dissect these games, baby. Yeah, buddy. First off, we are talking about Copa Italia. First game that happened this week was Juventus versus Inter Milan ended 0-0 Juve advancing with their 2-1 win in the prior fixture um what do you think about the game um i thought the game was okay um not as it have as much as much action as i wanted to obviously i thought there was going to be more goals in the game and there weren't <laughs> it ended nil nil but um I think overall it was a it was a good game to watch as like you know from a neutral point of view because um, both teams had chances but nothing too crazy you know it was okay yeah I agree on that to be honest I, like we got both of our predictions wrong oh, yeah. you know we I said one nil <laughs> Juventus with Chris to be honest Cristiano Ronaldo did miss a sitter one on one with Hundanovic I don't know why he went with the outside of the right foot I thought he was gonna go cut across with the left but um, yeah they to be honest it was very very bland. Um, Inter didn't really create any chances, in my opinion, that were threatening. They seemed to be lacking that last step in order to get around the, their defense. Mainly, they were playing five back at one time towards the end of the game, but mainly they played four in the back with um, Alexandro, Demiral, um, Delict, and who was their right back? Who was their right back? I don't even know who their right back was. Who was the left back? Alexandro. Alexandro was playing. No, Alexander was playing, but I don't remember who. I remember was Kalini. Oh, Cordrado. Cordrado was playing the right back. Cordrado right. was playing right back. But yeah, it, they didn't really. They weren't any penetrating balls that they were. Yeah. Then you created. I remember uh, Handanovic. You know, going, going back to Handanovic, he did have a lot of great saves that kept entering the game. You know, I remember Cristiano had, I think, a good three chances that he could have scored. Um, Kulushevsky had one uh, towards the end of the game as well that it was like a nice 1v1, but he couldn't put away. And for Inter, I just thought that. You know, they had Brozovic and Eriksson, them both in the midfield, which, you know, doesn't look bad, but I just remember thinking they looked so stiff. Like, they, like, couldn't move their hips, couldn't get their legs settled. It was, it was, it was pretty disappointing for me because I, you know, I was talking all about Alexis Sanchez, who couldn't even play. And, but, you know, even though, even though Lukaku was back in there, Altaro Martinez as well, they both had, um, you know, and Barella had a couple chances, but it was, like, as if, like, whenever Inter was... You know, trying to have that attack and third attack and force, the Juve players are just packing that 18. And I feel like Buffon literally did nothing the whole game because his, his back line was literally blocking everything. Yeah, so. that, I agree on that. Buffon, he didn't really have any key saves in that entire game. Really, Inter, they had a couple of chances in the beginning when they were high pressing. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, when the Inter was high pressing against uh, Juve's defense, they made mistakes. You know, Rabio in the midfield didn't have Chris Pass. Bento Core mm-hmm. wasn't playing, you know, as Chris as they typically do. And I think they should have done that more in the second half. Um, I'm surprised Conte didn't make any important subs in the game. Yeah. I thought he would have brought on some, you know, fresh legs or anything like that. He didn't really do that. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, it was a very, very... I thought Inter was could have done more mm-hmm. in order to get the win because they needed that. They needed... It's the... You know, Cobb Tyler Senna final, I thought you would be attacking, trying to get to the final. That's right. what I think. Yeah, I agree. I honestly agree with you on that one. But, you know, the event is in the final. But what I do love was the next game. The next, next game was awesome. I agree on that. The next game was very good. It was Atalanta versus Napoli, ending in 3-1 in Atalanta's favor. Um, it was very different from the first leg yes. that... Happened with ending 0-0. Um, Zapata being an excellent, playing per, pretty much a perfect striker's game. One goal, two assists, and he just played well. I agree. Um, like you said, he had a fantastic game. And I love their link-up, or his link-up with him, uh, him and Pessina. It looks like they click really well. You know, he's been taking, ever since Papu Gomez left, he's basically taken his role. Um, and I thought he did fantastic. You know, he that first, or the second goal... That Piscina, or the first goal that Piscina had, sorry. Um, Zapata just, you know, having that IQ, just being so knowledgeable of, of where Piscina is, is going to be in that in that play. Perfect one-touch pass as he gets a ball drilled right, right through to him. And Piscina, with his, without even having to take a touch, you know, with the left foot, hits the inside of the post, goes in. Um, but then back to the first goal, Zapata, I, I really, 
I love that finish. It was great. But was then it. again, to Napoli, no one pressed them. They they kept dropping off and dropping off, and no one pressed. And he was like, screw it, I'm taking a shot. Blasted far post. Goes in. Yeah, it reminded me of the Everton game. When yes. they backed off Bruno Fernandes, backed off Rashford. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to press that. Right. And that was a banging finish from Sabata. You know, that's a striker's finish that, you know, you can't... That's a, what strikers do. Right. And the last goal, really nice play Loved it. from Zabata again with the assist. I like the chip that um, Pessina, Pessina, Pessina oh. had. That was a lovely chip. Let's talk about that Meg for a second. That oh. was nice. That was filthy. Yeah, he ends up Megan uh, Di Lorenzo. So Ilicic plays a pass to Zapata. Zapata with his back against the goal, lays it off for Pessina. He's like, here, bro, do the rest. Takes a nice first touch. Di Lorenzo comes and presses him. Little nutmeg and a little dink at the end to chip uh, David Ospina. Great finish. Comfortable win for Atalanta, in my opinion. Yeah, very comfortable win. They are facing Juventus in the Copa Italia final. That's going to be an interesting game. Two different styles of play. We're going to see how that goes. And hopefully it's going to be a good game compared to, you know, what happened, <laughs> you know, with the... With Atalanta and Napoli, hopefully it's not like the first leg. Cause it's funny. They both like switch, you know. The Juventus and Milan was a very interesting game, the first one. And the second leg, they tied. No, no. Atalanta and Napoli, first leg, no, no. Boring. Second leg had all the goals, all the magic. So hopefully they combine those and it's an interesting Copa Italia final. It's going to be interesting. All right. Change of pace. On to Copa del Rey semifinals. First game we're going to talk about was this via Barcelona game. <laughs> Let's just say this was heartbreaking for us Barca fans yes. um to be honest we dominated the game we had chances Messi missed a one-on-one oh. that I expected him to finish yes. barely off the tip of the keeper's toe yeah great save bon- Bono had a fantastic oh. not gonna lie Bono had a fantastic game mm-hmm. that game he was saving everything for Sevilla and it was just you know a world-class goalkeeping finish but nonetheless Barcelona should be you know playing better yeah. Especially from their defense, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I think overall, you know, uh, what I thought was interesting was that some players looked tired. Um, you know, obviously, going back to where the Supercopa, we had two, was it two games that when they were going to, to 120 minutes, right? Yeah. So they're tired from that, and they go to, you know, they have demanding games in the Liga, they have demanding games in the Copa del Rey when they have to play overtime as well, and then... You know, players like Frankie de Jong, Pedri, and Messi, who are supposed to be rested over the weekend against Betis, have to come in because, you know, either injuries or the, or the team's losing. And I think it has taken a toll on some of those players because Pedri was pretty silent. De Jong, Messi was in the game, but he looked a bit fatigued as well. Um, but, yeah, it's got to be better. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Sevilla got the best of us. I thought Lopetegui did a great or had, you know, did a great job tactically um, going into this game. And uh, Umtiti, once again, in the Copa del Rey, letting us down. Yeah, that first goal was very embarrassing between Busquets and Umtiti. Kunde, their center back, this is a center back, Mm -hmm. dribbles through Jordi Alba, gets a free pass from Jordi Alba, even though Jordi made a tackle. Um, Meg gets by Busquets, Meg's Umtiti, and just drills it bottom corner. And I'm just like... Um, Titty, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a center back. Come on, you're facing a center back. This ain't <laughs> a striker. This is a center back. Right. And you let a center back meg you. Like, that's unacceptable. And the second goal from uh, Ivan Rakitic, you know, shout out to Rakitic for being an ex Barca legend. Yeah. You know, he's always going to be on our memories. But, man, <laughs> um, Titty, again, you know, you see him on, you know, you know, you're keeping him on. And yeah. what are you doing? You constantly going back and forth, back and forth between the lines, and you end up getting caught out, and you yeah. slip on the half of that, right. and you can't get back, you can't defend because you slipped. And Rakitic gets a free one-on-one shot with Ter Stegen, and of course he's just gonna blast that, you know, blast it home and just finish it. Right. So again, in the Copa del Rey final, when we need you to be at your top form. He's not performing to the form that we expect him to. To be honest, as a Barca fan, I want him to be sold. I don't care right. about what he's you know, done for our past. He needs to be sold. He's not in good form. We're down 2-0 in the Copa del Rey. Now we have to win 3 nothing against Sevilla in the second leg. It's unacceptable. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and back to that second goal. Even the first goal, really. Like, like you said, he's a center back. He's arguably the best... Uh, well, Conde is arguably the best center back at the moment in La Liga, right? 
very, very smart. Defensively, he can go forward, but the way he just gets by him with ease. Like, bro, at least when he puts that ball around you, obstruct them, right? Even though we're not good at set pieces, don't let him go 1v1 against Ter Stegen. I mean, Gessa has no time to get there. He literally is just so caught flat-footed all the time. And that second goal, it's like, bro, either... Either... He's like... So, they're about to play a ball over, or through the Rakitic, right? Either get close to Rakitic or be a couple steps ahead of the game and do that offside trap, you know? Rakitic is not the fastest guy in the world. Like, we know this. He just has stamina. It's like, bro, get close to him and you can commit a tackle and you'll get the ball back, you know? Or shit, I don't care. Throw it out of bounds, you know? But it's just so unacceptable. He, leaves, he, he literally tries to catch him off sides, gives him an easy 1v1 against, against Ter Stegen, and he has a rocket. He's not going to miss from there. Like, come on. He's got to be better. And yeah, screw it. Sell him. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see why. As, I don't see why we still have him. You know, he was great at one point. Ended up risking, you know, himself to go play in the World Cup. Okay, he won that, and since then he's been trash. It's time to let him go. To be honest, he's just dead money. He's just dead money for that Barca just giving him. And I think, to be honest, giving him Man United, let Man United have him. Man yeah, United I mean, can, Man yeah. United can deal with that. Yeah. You know, we don't want to deal with that because Barca, he's, you know, to be honest. I thought Long Lane should have started over him Titty again. Me too. And it's the same mistakes again. And I'm just like, don't play this man in key games. You can't. He's not the Titty that we once knew. Don't play this man in key games or else we're going to get dominated like we did. Well, we didn't get dominated. Sevilla literally had, what, three, four shots on target maximum in the entire game. And we had plenty of chances. We dominated possession. And yet we still couldn't even score a goal. We didn't have any clear chances really besides the first yeah. one in the, the Messi shot in the first half yeah and Sevilla you know plays that dirty gritty you know in your face uh, defense like Atletico does you know it's like do the same thing to them like come on bro like it's just so soft you know obviously we have injuries but come on it's gotta be it's gotta be better you know obviously we beat like Granada we beat Betis okay decent teams but Sevilla is one of the best teams right now they're fighting for the the top four with us you know and shoot if it, if it's anything like this in the second leg, we're going out. We're not. Whoosh, I don't even think we can score a goal if we play it this again. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, we need better. To be honest, I hope Coleman makes some changes in the lineup so we can, you know, at least have a shot. In my opinion. All right, now to the second leg, the second game that happened in the Copa del Rey that happened today, which was Atletico Bilbao versus Levante, ending one-one. It was a very interesting game. Levante mm-hmm. went up early, very early, and yeah, yeah, really, really early in the 26th minute and then uh bilbao obviously coming back with a set piece that you know obviously yeah they can they have tall defenders of course and and you know the whole squad is huge their whole squad is <laughs> ginormous freaking uh inaki williams is six foot yeah uh raul garcia is like 5 11 six foot ish yeah. their whole squad is humongous Diego martinez scored the header today like he literally tried like towered over everybody yeah it was, it was insane he was, was just massive yeah but it was a good game levante with the away goal mm-hmm. that's key for them crucial super crucial um yeah i thought atletico definitely or atletic bilbao could have definitely gone up in this game given that they had i think 16 chances on 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 goal eight on target levante only had I think it was two and then one on target, which is the one they put away. Um, just super unfortunate for Bilbao. Um, and yeah, like again, that, that away goal that Levante scored is going to be... We'll see what happens in the second leg. You know, I don't watch Levante as much. You know, I know that they use Morales a lot, you know, down the flank. Uh, we'll see what their game plan is. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to sit back and try to hold that lead. I doubt it. I think they're going to try to try to move the ball around like they normally do and hopefully create something up front because, you know, if they can get an early goal at home, it's going to make things uh, uh, tough for Bilbao. So. Yeah, to be honest, during the game, they had they had majority of the possession. They had they were controlling the ball. They were passing it side to side. They really had no forward yeah. penetration. It was mainly side to side, just right. keeping them, just frustrating Bilbao because right. Bilbao, they like to have possession. I know yeah. Bilbao, majority of these Spanish teams, they like to have possession of the ball and dominate, you know, the ball and be able to, you know, facilitate and control the tempo of the game mm-hmm. and Bilbao didn't really do that today they were very um like defensive they couldn't gain possession and when they did it wasn't really you know Levante was pressing them pretty high and it was just a struggle for them today right so hopefully they can make some changes hopefully they can up up the game for the second night because 
you know, you never know. Right now, Levante would be would go ahead. Correct. If it's 0-0, Levante would go ahead. And that's crazy because no one would think Levante would make it to the final of the Copa del Rey. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I think uh, Bilbao would definitely um, give him a tough game, though, at Levante, though. Because um, after the game, you saw that, you know, the players' faces look very disappointed because I think they all believe that they should have definitely got that win today, especially being at home. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see with, uh, you know, Obviously, the second leg won't be for some time. Hopefully, none of these teams pick up none of these teams pick up any any bad injuries and can come full strength uh, for the second leg, and and we'll see who wins. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. All right, now to some FA Cup games that happened. FA Cup, baby! It was insane this week. First game up, Man United versus West Ham, any one nil, going to overtime mm-hmm. with Scott McTominay scoring the only goal in the entire game. West Ham played. Pretty good. They're playing up against Man United. Yeah. You know, obviously Man United, they're doing pretty well in the league. So is West Ham. Yeah. So we expected this to be a good game. Um, it was very interesting. Any thoughts on that? Oh uh, yeah, I thought Fabianski had a good goal, uh, good game. Uh, a couple of clear chances where Man United could have gotten up, but he came out, made some great saves. Um, I think what really hurt West Ham though was the injuries that they picked up uh, throughout the game. Uh, they all came on. They, all of them came on pretty early. I believe it was in the 16th mini, uh, minute, Ogbana ended up having to get subbed. And then Diop, who actually came on for him uh, as a sub, has to get has to um, be subbed off at half for because of a head, a head injury. And then Yarmolenko, not not long after that, in the 54th minute, had to get subbed off as well. Um, so I think that's what really hurt um, West Ham. And then I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with, you know, obviously having to put in uh, Bruno Fernandes, Scott McTominay, who ended up getting the winner, made some good changes. Um, but yeah, overall, it was, it was a decent game. Nothing too crazy. Um, Nothing crazy happened in that game. It was very, you know, just a good game of, game of football. Yeah. You know? And that's what we like. We like good games of football. Right. And one thing that I did want to ask you too was um, what your thoughts were about Martial. Anthony Martial, he's very inconsistent. He's not very that striker Man United needs. Like Cavani is their main threat. Cavani is scoring their goals mainly and he's been their number one. I feel like Martial, his form is up and down. One minute he scores a hat-trick one week and the <laughs> next thing you know, he score, He doesn't score for the next five to six games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, I've seen him when they first signed him uh, from Monaco at Man United. He was, you know, I saw potential in him. You know, the first game he played, he thought he was electrifying. He was score. I think he scored a goal in his debut or yeah, something. Uh-huh. He scored a goal in his debut, and it was you know really nice. He looked like a good player. I was like, okay, they they might be onto something. But then as soon as you know throughout the years, he's been Man United five to six years. It's just been too inconsistent for me as a striker. He's been very inconsistent. Like he's been the same in my opinion, but a slight dip at times, and then extreme highs right. at times. I agree, and I feel like my biggest. Not that I have an issue with him, but one of the things that I noticed when he's playing, I feel like he just doesn't care. His his attitude isn't right. I feel like you know they they it looks like besides being inconsistent, he's like you know he's like it feels like I'm here just to I'm here just because I'm here. I don't want to be here. You know that's what I feel like. You know from his body language, from some of the things he does, I'm like bro, what are you doing? You know he's probably just there. I don't know how much money not are paying him, but it looks like he's just there just to be there. And he's you know complacent where he's at. Doesn't really care if he has a good game or a bad game. And that's how I personally feel. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he, I mean, he has some times where he's in good form, and you know, you in a big like I haven't seen him really flourish in a massive game, right. like against Manchester City or Liverpool. You don't see him in that big game in that big moment, be like, "This is my moment," and then you don't just see that, right? And you and it's not just Martial too. I feel like that's the case sometimes with Marcus Rashford. Um, I feel like he's able to to lead the team in one of those games where it's like either like a mid-level team or a team that's in relegation. But in terms of like, you know, Man City, Liverpool, they're not guys that that want to take charge and give everything they got to give Man United that win. Yeah. Like, for example, Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes plays against those big teams yeah. well. And he's not scared of them, in my opinion. I think, and that, I think Rashford and Martial are similar to each other. They're like, Rashford... Yeah, he's the homegrown England mm-hmm. Man United player, but I feel like he's been playing the same. Like he's not really increased his game, but he's not decreased his game. He's sort of just the same throughout the years. Right. And sometimes he's in amazing form, like 
in fantastic form, and then other times you don't you hear him in a single game, but like you don't hear him now to say his name for ages. Right. So it's just you know they're both very inconsistent in my opinion. Yeah. And they obviously need you know they're gonna have to improve because if you want to make it you know the Champions League, you're gonna make it in the Prem. You gotta up it up. You gotta amp it up. You're a nice kick in the ass by Solskjaer. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts. All right, on to the next game. Leicester versus Brighton. Leicester coming out victorious 1-0. Um, any thoughts on the game? No, not really. Just besides your boy, Ian Acho, finally... Again? Again, <laughs> scoring again. <laughs> He's finally scoring. Yeah. He's actually in good form for once. Come on, Kelechi. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Kelechi. I'm not hating you or making you a meme or anything like that. I just want to <laughs> see you in good form because, hey, you got let go by Man City, so... Right, he did. You, you did, he so did. I need. I want to see you. I want to see you do well. That's all I'm saying. I want to see him do well. But yeah, he scored the winner. You know, but it was sort of easy. But yeah. and I'm glad uh, Vardy got the start. You know, he's been he's been hurt and trying to get back to into fitness. So it's good to see. Uh, you know, good news for Leicester uh, being able to start off Vardy. I think he played about sixty some minutes, like sixty five minutes or so. Um, didn't really do much, but you know, things can always go up from there, uh, especially since they're getting or they are in that uh, that fight for the. For Europe in, uh, in the Prem. So, yeah, that is true. Good news for them. That is very true. So, on to the next game. Swansea versus Man City. Obviously, Manchester City beating Swansea 3-1. Um, Ryan Skirling scoring. Um, you know, Walker scoring. It was a very good game for Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, dominance, as always. Yeah. You know, obviously, we expected them to dominate this game. And they did exactly that. You yeah. know, it wasn't really, you know, nothing special to talk about. Yeah, Kyle Walker's goal was kind of funny. Uh, it was like a... It's like a cross <laughs> shot and yeah. Ferran Torres you know looked like he touched it but didn't touch it at all Carl Walker, Walker ended up scoring and then uh, you know some nice goals from uh, Raheem Sterling and Gabriel Jesus what I did like was the Swansea goal the volley that Whitaker uh, had and one of the things that I noticed as well um, Jordan Morris and Paul Riola the two American lads actually getting some minutes um, Riola came out in the second half and Morris actually started the game took him off um, didn't get to see them both really together. They got subbed off, I think, a minute from each other. But you know, good for uh, you know U.S. fans getting some getting some talent across. Uh, even though it's just for loan, they're not there for long. But you know, it's always nice to get them a a different set of, I guess, a different type of game as well. That hopefully they can adapt that into their into their game back here in the MLS. And who knows, maybe they can get seen and purchased in Europe and have a good career. Yeah, that's always the dream. It's always the dream, bro. Yeah. It's always the dream. It's everyone's. Dreaming to be signed by Europe. Hopefully, you know. Was maybe. it your dream? It was always my dream. <laughs> Hopefully, it still can happen, but you never know. Yeah, you're still young, man. That's I'm still okay. young. I Hopefully, I can still get something going on, but, <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see about it. All right, on to the next game, which was, obviously, in my personal opinion, the game of the match. The Festival of Goals. As facts. It was the Festival of Goals. Tottenham versus Everton. 5-4 Everton in overtime. Second to last. But goddamn, what a game that was! First goal, freaking Davis and Sanchez towering over everyone, mm-hmm. get an easy knock into the goal. Um, to be honest, I don't know what uh, Keane or Sigerson was doing. They were just holding him yeah. in the goal. They instead of challenging him, at least put a body on him. Yeah, you know? instead of you know you just give him an easy header, they just loft it up. Yeah. Davis and Sanchez is over six foot something. Yeah, so when a guy you know when someone's jumping in the in the box for a free header. You know, it's more than likely going to go in or on target. At least jump up with them, create a diff- make it difficult for them, and try at least do something. Yeah, that was too easy. It was just like in the third minute, like come on, the game is started. Yeah, just started. Like you got at least put some effort. Get your heads out of your ass. Like come on. Exactly. You know, but hey, we move on. We move on. And then uh, Everton responding with uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring. That was too slight. Oh, Luis. way too slight. Too soft. Too soft. That was literally straight at your hand, and you. Your hands aren't strong enough. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be the number one goalkeeper for France. Right. And, you know, you the ball gets driven straight at you. At least, you're supposed to catch that. Put your right. body behind the ball or something like that. Yeah, and even if you can't catch it, you know, create two fists and just punch it away. That's all you have to do if, if you don't think you can catch it. But this is super slight because that could have, that actually, uh, for a little bit there, was crazy, you know. Autonomous was up 1-0 for a little bit. And then three... Uh, Everton scored three unexpected goals, you know, like back to back to back. That was the first half. I know the first half was ridiculous. But yeah, just super soft from, from Hugo Lloris. And like you said, you're France's number one. You won a World Cup, bro. Like, you got to stop making these these little 
you know, defensive errors. Yeah, you can't let, especially, you know, this is a big competition. It's that big cup, baby. Yeah. You can't, you know, make mistakes. But, yeah, the next goal was very nice from Richardson through the legs. Um, of rain, yeah. Yeah, Toby Adewa, right through the legs, right into the corner. It was a lovely goal. Um, yeah, no complaints about that. Yeah, it was really, crazy. really nice. And then the penalty, that penalty was, it didn't look like a pen to me. Yeah, what do you think? To be honest, I don't think that was a pen. Yeah. That that seemed too 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 light. I mean, yes, he you can say he tripped him, but in my opinion, it wasn't enough to call that a penalty. But you tripped him, so isn't that a pen? But still, like it was an intentional. It wasn't intentional. That's what I'm saying. But like to be honest, in the replay, I didn't even see like him trip. Yeah. Like he it wasn't really a true true trip. Right. Like, yeah, it was. He was. He wasn't even looking at him. He was looking the other way, and he just runs in his path, gets exactly. a little knock, and he falls. Exactly. So it's just like, it, it. Yes, it was technically yes. That is a pen, but it totally. You know, you're up three one. You know, if you score the pen, they're one up three one, in the game. You know, you're like, oh my god, we're up, we're losing three one. You know, it's a momentum changer thing. For sure, it's definitely changed momentum in the entire game. I would have called it a pen. Maybe I, I would have. I wouldn't. I would, <laughs> I would have been the. Um, I would have been a stingy ref. Yeah. I'd have been like, no. VAR, you check it. I'm not gonna. Right. And then I go check it. I'm not gonna. Call yeah. I'd be They're like, gonna tell you no. to go check it. Aaron, Aaron sees a clear trip. No, no pen. No pen. No pen. No pen for me. No pen. And they'd be like, oh my. They'd be like criticizing me. Be like, no pen. I'm yeah. sticking to the old rules. <laughs> and then uh, the Mellow's goal was very nice. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. The nice little one-two play with uh, with Sunny. Um, Megs Yerimina in the process mm-hmm. and uh, you know just places it away far post great goal for Lamela mm-hmm. he's been you know dealing with injuries here and there um, I'm sure his confidence is low but what I love about him is that every game doesn't matter who the hell it's against he's always given 100% and I think that's one of the the, the things that that Tottenham fans have realized you know at first they're like ah oh, this guy's decent he's injured prone but he always gives 100% every game and I do I, I like that about him yeah I agree on that and then uh, Jefferson Sanchez, again, in an yes. open net. An open net. Open also net. made a good save on the first one, mm-hmm. but that was just poor defense. Come on. Sin, air once again. Like, come on. The defense, the defense's game has been, the defense was non-existent for both of these teams. It was just bad. It was just, no one was covering anyone. Yeah. No one was covering Richardson on his fourth one. Literally just um, easy oh, through yeah. ball. Jefferson Sanchez was right here. Davis Sanchez was chose to mark him, makes a cutting run. Right behind him. Right behind him, and then just finishes um, across, off the post. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. see him. Like, I don't know why. Davis Sanchez, he had a good game offensively, <laughs> but terrible defensively. Right. It, like, like, canceled each other out. Pretty much. He's like, you know, I give him a six. Because it was okay. just like, he scored two goals, but yet you allowed, like, two. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. And the same thing with, with Sigurdsson. Well, I like Sigurdsson a bit better than Sanchez, because he did... He, he was too. He committed two mistakes, which you know led to Everton. Uh, excuse me, Tottenham scored two, but then he had a hat trick of assists. So it's like, I don't know. You weigh it out. You yeah. weigh it out. Imagine playing that game, just the highs and lows. Like as a player, like damn, I let that goal go in. Oh, but great, I just had another assist. Exactly. <laughs> that that would be crazy. And then Harry Kane scoring one assist by Human Son. Mm-hmm. That was a not, that was a perfectly chip. That was a perfect. Oh, perfect. Cross. Yeah, perfect cross. That was yeah, a perfect yeah. cross. You, to be honest, you can't really do nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Kane's just perfect positioning, yeah. striker positioning. Yeah, when, when Harry Kane's inside the six-yard box and the ball comes to his head, he's not going to miss from there. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to find many other strikers, you know, like Harry Kane. Right. But you know, he's definitely not going to miss that. And at that point, at that point, what four four now? four four? Yeah, jeez. And then Bernard scoring again. It literally looked like it was a chip over top through ball. Mm-hmm. He went behind. He was onside. Went behind Hoiberg and Davis and Sanchez yep. again. 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 Davis yeah. and Sanchez. He played like I said. He. <laughs> he made two mistakes. He scored two goals. What are you gonna do about it? Right. But yeah, it was a perfect chip ball. It literally looked like Richardson's goal. Bottom corner, bottom right corner, across the Uriel Reese's goal. Yeah. And then that's how the game ended. Another five great assist from Sigerson. Sigerson again with an assist, and the game ended five four. Wow. Wow. That was a crazy game. Yeah, it was hard to. You couldn't look away from it because if you did, you know. Because remember at that time you had the Barca game against Sevilla. You had the Tottenham game, and you had the Atalanta against uh, um, Napoli. So I remember trying to watch all three, and if you look away from the Tottenham game and pay attention to the other two games, it's like you miss a goal. It's like, oh, my God. So I had, honestly, I 
could hardly watch the Warriors game. I had to watch the Tottenham game. Yeah, this, <laughs> the Tottenham game was super entertaining. It was really entertaining. We love to see high scoring games, and yes. Jose, Jose would have definitely punished his players. Oh, with, for sure. Definitely punished players with some fitness after the game. Yeah. So you know, we don't know what's gonna happen, and they got a big game coming up, and we're gonna get to those predictions later on. Yes, sir. But we're moving. We're moving on to the next game: Burnley versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth winning 2 0 at yeah. the championship team. A team that's not even the Prem. The championship team <laughs> coming through again, being the Prem team. Well, technically, they were in the Prem last year. They were. But still, um, yeah, technically, you can say there wasn't really an upset. I mean, Burnley's one of the lower teams in the division anyway. Yeah, and then uh, I believe Bournemouth's in six in the championship. So pretty even, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty even. It's like two championship teams going up against each other. Right. Um, Burnley, <laughs> you know, what can you say about Burnley? Burnley's just Burnley. Burnley's Burnley. Burnley's Burnley. I don't know what Sean Dawes is doing up there, yeah. but, you know, he he should have been prepared. You know, this is your one chance to win some silverware and you don't come prepared. You lose to a championship team. Yeah. And that's just unacceptable. Good to see, though. Bournemouth's the only club that's uh, in the championship that's still left in the FA Cup. So yeah. we'll I mean, see. it's always nice to see some other competition. Yeah, yeah. Lower division teams mm-hmm. be in the finals and quarterfinals. Right. And I do miss not having the fans because in those games, it's like the fans go crazy and just singing their hearts out and stuff like that. So we are going to miss the fans when that, whoever they play against. But That would have been crazy. That would have yeah. been crazy. On to the next FA Cup tie, which was Sheffield versus Bristol. Um, Sheffield beating Bristol 1-0 yeah. off a penalty. You know, pretty self-explanatory game. Sheffield, yeah. you know, obviously the Prem team, so obviously they dominate the game. So it's like going to get really good anyways. Yeah, sitting, so sitting <laughs> another championship, championship two championship team, championships, basically. pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> it was, you know, like you say, just you know, bottom of the table versus championship team. Right. So that's all you can pretty much say. Um, next game: Wolves versus Southampton. Southampton beating Wolves two 0 What's going on with Wolves, Christian? Aaron, I was going to ask you the same exact question, buddy. What is going on with Wolves? I have no idea. Dude, in the first half, or at halftime, I should say, they only had one shot, and it wasn't even on target. They ended the game with five shots and one on target. Like, come on, guys. Like, obviously, they didn't play with some of their starters, but it's just not good enough. And we've been saying this. Only reason why they beat Arsenal a couple of games ago was because they were Arsenal was down to 10 men and then nine men, you know? And all the performances have been just so unconvincing. They look terrible. Ever since um, Rojo Jimenez had that terrible uh, injury, uh, they haven't been looking good at all. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with their strike force. Like, they, I don't know what's been going on with them. Their whole entire, you know, you have a veteran midfield. You have uh, Neves. You have Jamutinho. Yeah. You have all these veterans. Semedo, Semedo right back. Yeah. You have, you know, all these center back, all these players that are known. Even though Ruby Pichicho didn't play, he was on, probably on the bench. Yeah, but still, you have all these veteran players, and yet you were top of the league last season. And now exactly. you're mid. Now you're mid to bottom of the table. Yeah, they're so like twelfth place, I think, or four. No, I think they're fourteenth. I can't remember who, but it was literally like a twelfth against fourteenth for this game. And Southampton just outplayed them. They had all the chances. They created, you know, all the dangerous opportunities. They put two away. Uh, good for Southampton, you know, but it's just not good enough from Wolves. Not at all. You're not going to lie, Southampton has been looking dangerous in this FA Cup, beating yeah. Arsenal and Wolves. Yeah. They've been looking dangerous. Yeah, and Danny Ings, good to see him on the score sheet. Um, they first thought it was offsides. Well, the linesman caught it off caught it off for offsides, but the beauty of VAR. He knows VAR is actually a good thing sometimes. Not It's not a bad thing, and it proved it today. Um, they ended up checking VAR, and Danny Ings was actually on sides, and the goal stood, so... Uh, one note of that, and then in the 90th minute, what's up with these Prem goalies and their mistakes? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these Prem goalies, man. They, they, I don't know what's going on with them. I guess goalkeepers are just having a day off, a, like a good solid week, two weeks off right? for some weird reason, but man, I don't know what's going on yeah. with them. But anyways, in the 90th minute, Armstrong capitalizes 2-0, comfortable win for Southampton. Mm-hmm. Again, Wolves didn't do a damn thing. So. I agree. Wolves got to step it up, because... You know, even though yes, you're technically outside the relegation. You, know, you never know what you never happen- know. Yeah. You never know what happens in the prem. Yeah. Crazy stuff happens. Plenty of games left. Exactly. So you never know what's going to happen. And on to the final game that happened at FA Cup, which was Barnsley versus Chelsea. One mm-hmm. nil. Chelsea yeah. beating Barnes Barnsley one nil. Yeah. And well, Chelsea had more of the possession, but if you look at the stat sheet and looked at the or watched the game as well, 
Barnsley had more of the chances. Exactly. Or, yeah, and I think it was, I forget when, what minute it was in the first half. Um, Barnsley almost went up on Chelsea. And guess who actually made a save? Keppa. <laughs> he actually Keppa saved, made, a save. made a save. But I think the only reason why is because he literally got, he, the guy was like on the three and he <laughs> instepped it right to him. So if Lovely. he hadn't saved that, it would have been terrible. To be honest, Keppa's one of the worst signings in Premier League history. I yeah. One of the worst signings in Premier League history, I, I believe so. You think Chelsea's going to keep him or get rid of him? They're going to get rid of him. I think yeah. they're going to get rid of him. Think so? Yeah, they're going to keep Mendy. Yeah. And they're going to sell Keppa. Or they might get a replacement. Oh, yeah. They have, to get, they have to keep Mendy for sure. Yeah. Mendy's been. Balling this yeah. year, but Tabby Amham scoring in the 64th minute. Um, yeah, nothing really happened else in that game. Chelsea, you know, on to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. You know, and the <laughs> crazy thing too is that Chelsea, um, with this with the lineup that they had on paper, was definitely a lot better than this Barnsley team that you know was in the championship. And I thought they would have made the game a lot tougher. Um, they had. You know, obviously Keppa, they had Emerson, Zuma, Christensen in the back line, and the midfield they had um, Hudson Odi, uh, Kante, Billy Gilmore, who I like a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I saw him play, I think it was the last season against Liverpool, and he had a great game. He was literally probably the, the best player on the field, in my opinion. Um, and then Alonso was in, and up top, they had Ziyech, Abraham, and Pulisic. You know, like with those guys, you can't make it a, a better game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, it. you never know, you know. Chelsea only having one shot on target. Yeah, you know and that's then, and then Barnsley had four. Exactly. How does how does this second division team have more shots than yeah. you know one of the top teams of the Prem? They could have more possession though. Yeah, but possession course. doesn't win you games. Exactly. <laughs> we know because we're Barca fans. Yes, so. we learned that from uh, from a few seasons ago. Yeah, we, we know how that we know how that's like. We know how that. Like. Sounds like you're pretty, but if you don't score enough goals, you don't make it convincing enough. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything, anything at the end. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. At the end. All right. So those are all the games that have happened. In this week, now we're going to switch it up, talk about some Champions League news. Yes, Neymar sir. being injured for four weeks. Four weeks? With a hip injury. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it happened against the game on Wednesday night against Khan. Uh, PSG luckily got the win 1-0, but that's devastating news for for um, for PSG. I know everyone was looking forward to you know a, a Neymar and Messi reunion. Um, Neymar, unfortunately, will... Have to watch it from the stands or from his from his home. Yeah, that's crazy because you know Champions League's next week. Yeah, Champions League's next week, and Neymar's not going to be in it. Yeah, he play. might he might miss both legs, yeah, which is crazy. Exactly, we're not going to know obviously until we get closer to the second leg. But yeah, you know, I would like to see Neymar back at camp now because you know they're playing the first leg. Yeah, I would have camp now. I would have liked to see him. You know, just be like, oh, I'm back. I might have cried. I would have, <laughs> I would have been in tears. At least we don't have to suffer a a, a hat trick by Neymar on his on his first game. If Neymar scored a hat, if if Neymar scored, was playing and he scored a hat trick against Barca, I think I might throw my TV out the window. Oh, for sure. I yeah. would have, I would have like throw my phone or something. I would have just flipped. Yeah. Because I would have been like, why? I'm throwing my phone out the window, smashing my TV, smashing my computer. Yeah, I would be, be pissed. But that means you know what's. PSG gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? You do, you have of course you have Mbappe, but Di Maria's out. Yeah. What what are you gonna do with Neymar? Neymar is the key player to everything that you do. Right. Besides Mbappe, if everyone knows what Mbappe you do. If you screw Mbappe, who else do you have that you're gonna you know build from? Because right. you know Neymar is such an impactful player and such a presence on the field that if he was playing, Barcelona would have at least would know what to do. At least have two men on him yeah. and be physical with him, obviously. Yeah. But still, he's exclude that. What do you have? What right. are you, you going to do? What's um, Pochettino going to do with um, him being out? Yeah, what I think at least what he's going to do is, um, obviously he has a few players, you know, their, their depth is pretty incredible. Um, I think, you know, Neymar's obviously out. You still got Moise Keane, Mauro Icardi, um, should be coming back and being fit for that game. Um, and Mbappe. You can always, I mean, we've seen Draxler play on that left flank as well, you know, take on players, go to the byline, and, and, and create something. So I don't, I personally think he might, he could put either one of those two guys there. Um, in the midfield, you know, since Maria normally plays right behind Neymar, um, you can always throw, I don't know, under Herrera, something like that. Uh, Verratti's going to be back and fully fit as well for that game. So I don't know. Even though they're missing two big names, two important players for that is the first leg um 
because Emilia should be fine for the second leg. Um, they still got, you know, the talent there to, to give Barca a hard time. So it's given us a break, you know. Obviously, being at, at home, Barca just has to has to be careful, make sure not to concede any any goals in that first leg, and uh, hopefully be able to put one away and then go to Paris and do the best they can. But we'll see what happens. This is very unfortunate for PSG with that yeah, Neymar very, injury. Yeah, very unfortunate. You know, we're not going to be as soccer fans. We're not going to see Messi, Neymar. Everyone was oh. as everyone was hyping it up to be. Um, one of the biggest games yeah. of the year. Right. Neymar going back to Barca against the camp against yeah. his former team in the camp now. Right. That would have been that's something that you would have never heard of. Right. It would have been cool to see too because the last game that it was, you know, obviously PSG against Barca was the Remontada. And when Barca came back, you know, the historic win, yada yada yada. But uh he was the best player of that game. He's the one that led Barcelona to that comeback. So it would have been pretty cool to see Neymar back at, at Camp Now. Um it just sucks. Again, there's no fans. Um, I wish, you know, obviously everything with COVID, which sucks, but it'd just be nice to have the fans there. I would like to see the reaction of the fans, actually. If the fans were there, they would treat him like Luis Figo. You think so? I would think they would treat him like Luis Figo, like, throw, 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 pig's head. Head on, <laughs> throw a pig's head on the field and throw it at Neymar. Cause I don't know. I don't. To be honest, he probably he has, probably still has a lot of respect at Barca. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. There are a lot of fans that still love him and appreciate everything he did. Um I think it's probably, I'd see it more like as a 70-30. 70 still have respect for him, and then the 30 probably don't. Um, but To be honest, I still respect Neymar. Yeah, me too. I still like him as yeah. a player. I just wish he was on our team. I and wish he never PSG. left. Yeah. I mean, Barcelona could still freaking, obviously, you know, pay him and all that stuff. But I doubt it. No way. You know, so much debt. I know, but still. Maybe for like a se- maybe an extra season. Yeah. Maybe. And then let him I don't go. see it happening. You never know. We never know with the transfer rumors and all that stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting what PSG is going to do strategically mm-hmm. and with personnel, what they're going to do against Barca. Because Barca, we already know their lineup, what their lineup is going to be. Um, it's going to be you know, interesting how PSG is going to attack them. Yeah, and if Barcelona plays any way that they did against Sevilla, it's going to be terrible for Barcelona. They're going to get thrashed. I agree. Yeah. They need some... Attacking threat. They need attacking. They need something. They need, they need some motivation or something like that. Cause... They need some milk. <laughs> That's what they need. They need some milk, boy. They need to get some, get some upper body strength. Right. They need to hit the gym. I don't know what they need to do. They need to do something. They need to do, do something it quick. This is less than a week away. Yeah. But, hey, we'll see what Barcelona is going to do. All right. Now, a new segment that we're going to do for every Thursday episode is we're gonna give some game predictions that we're gonna that are gonna happen in the weekend, and hopefully we're right. Hopefully you listen to us and play some bets. Play some bets, cause you know last week Christian was right against the Man City Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. So, cause called he, it, baby. he called it perfectly. It was four one. He it was amazing. I I called three one because I didn't know <laughs> if um I didn't know they were gonna score that many, but. Hey, we moved. We it was move so on. funny. Once I once they scored that first the fourth goal, the first thing I did was text you. <laughs> I was like, I told you, man. I was praying that you know no one else would score anything. I was, I mean, <laughs> I was hoping for three one. My dad actually predicted game. He predicted four two. Right. So close. we we were all close. Yeah. But hey, it was Christian got it right, and you know he know obviously we both know the game, so obviously you can rely on him. So the first game we're gonna talk about is some games from the Prem. Saturday morning, mm-hmm. 7.30 a.m., Leicester City versus Liverpool, third and fourth place facing each other. This is going to be an interesting game. I, it, it is because, you know, obviously Liverpool hasn't been in good form, but I, I personally do not see them losing to Leicester. It's, it's very likely, but I don't know. I don't see Liverpool losing this game. I think it's, they've been, they need that. I think they're going to come into the, this game with that spark, like, okay, we've kept so many L's. And have not been playing well. Let's let's set the tone. Let's get the you know get our tempo back. Set this important tone of the prem, and we're not going to catch an L against Leicester City. But it's a prediction. So so what do you think? What do you think scoreline's going to be? I'm going to say two one Liverpool. Two one Liverpool. To be honest, I'm saying it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be one one. One one. One one. Jamie Vardy is going to score one, and I'm going to say Sadio Mane with the other for Liverpool. Okay. Right. I think it's going to be a draw. They're going to have both have chances. I think it's going to be Leicester 
playing their traditional style, countering yeah. Liverpool, obviously. Liverpool having bulk of possession. Um, if they can involve... If Trent and Robertson play better, then I think Liverpool has a better shot at obviously having winning the game. But if they don't, I say Leicester is good defensively. Yeah. Obviously, we know Leicester is good defensively. So if they don't put the pressure on the wingbacks and don't, you know, attack those sides, I think Leicester is going to be able to contain them. Yeah, they have Sionchu out back, who looks like a walking gargoyle, you know. <laughs> gargoyle. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then the biggest game yeah, in the Prem, yeah, buddy. Manchester City versus Tottenham. Jose versus Pep. The Oof. old rivalry is back. Love it. We got to love it. And it's at Manchester City. Christian, who do you got? What's your scoreline? What do you think is going to happen in the game? I'm going to get your scoreline from what you thought the Man City-Liverpool game was going to be. I'm going to say 3-1 Man City beats Tottenham. Um, Man City is just a better team, bro. Tottenham, we we saw it in the FA Cup. They can't even defend. They let four goals on them. Like, come on. Imagine that. Imagine they're playing against Pep's team, you know. I think, obviously, Tottenham's going to look at that game and look at, you know, what they've been doing. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously do some things in training to make sure they don't get thrashed by Man City. But I think... I think the only goal that Tottenham's going to score is going to be from either Kane or Sonny. Um, that's about it. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I hope Gundogan scores again. I'm going to say Gundogan at least gets one. Um, I hope they play Phil Foden. I hope, I hope they go into the game like they did against against Liverpool. I hope uh, Phil Foden has one. And I'll say either for the third goal, either Raheem Sterling or Gambo Jesus is going to get subbed on and scored. Uh, but I'm leaning more towards, I'm going to say, Sterling. So I'm going with 3-1. Man City wins what? against Tottenham. Okay, I see that. To be honest, I think the scoreline, I think it's going to be 3-2. Oof. Manchester City. So a little bit closer than Christian's game. All right. All right. Um, to be honest, Man City is going to play the traditional style, possession-based. Jose, oh, we know how Jose, the Jose-Pep Pep rivalry goes. Jose traditionally playing back. Obviously, you have Kane and Son up top. Right. And... Um, Man City's defense has been looking solid, but I think with Kane's quality and Son um, playing, their inner play has been one of the best duos in right. in, in whole Europe. That so, duo. Pretty much. So I think Kane scores two. Oof. Kane scores both, okay. assisted by Son. Oof. Um, and I think is going to be probably Riyad Mahrez... Phil Foden and Gundogan scoring, Ooh, okay. scoring for Man City, and I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's, I think people are gonna because Tottenham did play good against West Brom, and yes yeah, they, they faced West Brom. Yes they faced West Brom, <laughs> but still, um, I think Jose is gonna make some changes True. during and then adjust based on uh, what Pep does yeah. and everything because you know he does somewhat have Pep's number, of course yeah. from the Real Madrid days. So, you never Pep know. Used, Pep used to thrash him, though. That is true. I don't know. I just think uh, defensively, you know, obviously Kane and, and and Sonny are, you know, really well together. But just by looking at um, at Man City's back line, you know, I'm sure it's going to be in the right on the right back. It's going to be uh, Jao Cancelo. He's been starting for them recently. It's been in great form. And then the center back partnership has been amazing between Ruben Diaz and and John Stones. I just don't really see Tottenham doing too much damage to uh, to Man City Absolutely. personally. Absolutely. Yeah. To be honest, I think. To be honest, I think. Well, I think the quality of human son is going to come out on the weekend. Okay. Um, but obviously, Kane's going to be the main man that they have to rely on yeah. for the schools. So I'm saying Kane's going to have a double for the weekend. Yeah. All right. Now predictions in the Serie A. We're going to switch it over. Okay. Um, we have a. Major game, Juventus versus Napoli, two of the teams that played in the semifinal of the Coppa Italia. Um, I'm saying Juventus wins. It's going to be 2-1. Ronaldo scores both goals for Juventus. And for Napoli, I'm going to say Chucky is going to score one. Chucky Lozano. Chucky Lozano. Hey, Chucky Lozano. My man's a beast. <laughs> Absolute animal. Yeah, Absolute animal. But I think Juve... I think it's going to be sort of like inter Juventus in the second leg. I think it's going to be similar to that. 
Into oh when they ended no no yeah it's gonna be similar to that but obviously Ronaldo is gonna finish his chances this time but I think the game's gonna be similar to that um, 50-50, you know either team can take it but I think Juventus Juventus has a better quality it's at Napoli though but Oof. it's at Napoli but I think um, obviously Ronaldo is gonna be key in the game yeah. and I think it's gonna be Ronaldo and how the midfield of Juventus plays against Napoli's traditional high press. Yeah. Hopefully Maradona Spirit's here to help him out. I agree on that. So. I agree <laughs> on that. They're going to need it. Yeah. God knows. Um, for me, I'm going to say Juventus wins 2-0. Um, as much as I like Lozano. I don't know. I just want to see him <laughs> scoring. <laughs> I mean, you never um, know. You never know. Let me see. Hmm. Ronaldo's 36. Yeah. I'm going to say a brace by Ronaldo. Why not? I feel you. I feel you. 2-0. Juventus wins. Ronaldo Brace. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. And the last game that we are predicting is another major game. Yes, sir. Lazio. Inter Milan versus Lazio. That's a major game. At the San Siro, right? At the San Siro. Mm-hmm. Chiro Mobile. Obviously, one of the best goal scorers yeah. in the Serie A. This is going to be a good one. And Inter Milan, obviously, second place in the Serie A. So, Oof. I think Lazio is in fifth. And... It's going to be interesting how this game goes. Inter second, right? Inter second. So it's going to be a very, very close game. But I think it's going to be, I'm going to say 2-2. Ooh, I was going to say that too. I'm going to say 2-2. I think um, Lukaku is going to score one. And I think Barella is going to score one. Really? Okay. I think Barella, out in the midfield, I think he's going to score one. I was thinking Barella. And then, obviously, Chiro Mobile is going to score one for Lazio. Um... To be honest, I think he probably going to score both. Yeah? I think he's going to score both. Um, who do I want to say is going to score? Uh, should I go 2-2? Nah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it differently. Do it different for me. I don't want... Yeah, why'd you take, why'd you take my score? Like <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, That's what I thought. I was like, Inter... I mean, because Inter... I don't know. They're, oh, they're not in the best of form right now. They but suck right now. They suck right now. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, they don't really suck right they're, now. They're doing okay right now. They're, they're doing, doing okay. Right. But yeah. I think I think they're going to have a draw this week. Yeah. Ah, damn, you suck because I was going to say the same thing. Um, I'm going to say Inter wins uh, only because they know that AC Milan has a pretty easy game this week. So I think, you know, mentally they're going to go into that game. Just because they're right behind AC Milan, you know, they need to keep applying that pressure. I'm going to say Inter comes away 2-1. I'm going for the two boys up front. Lukaku, Lautaro Martinez, and then Chiro Immobile scores uh, the, the lone goal for Lazio. That's a solid line. That's a solid strike force right there. Damn right. That's a hefty, hefty. That's a yeah. good score line, though. Yeah. All right. And those are our predictions for the week. And that is the end of this podcast, of this episode. Not the end of the podcast, but we're still going to keep going. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to scare everyone. Right, but come on. This you is scared me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I mean to scare y'all. But this is the end of this episode. Christian, any final messages you want to say to the people? Yes. Um, I hope I get all four games right, just so I can have these bragging rights on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. At least I want, at least I want one. I want, I want the Man City Tottenham game to be right. No. That's, I'm calling it 3-1, baby. I want the Man City Tottenham game to be right. No. We're going to... We're gonna, you know, we're going to see about that. What happens on the weekend? As always, KATP, baby. KATP, baby. So next week, we're going to get predictions in the Champions League. So stay tuned for that because we might be right on this. The champions. Gotta love it. Beautiful. Gotta love the game. <laughs> I, love, I love this season. This season is going to be awesome. All right, everyone. That is the end of the episode. We hope you have a good night, a good day, whenever you listen to this. And stay safe. We love y'all.